popping, homie, day and night. Got the party jumping, got to break the ice. Stay up on my grind, that's my way of life. I got tunnel vision, I'ma chase that ray of light. The so two superstars from the Nets, if you're going to lose both of them at that point, it almost seems like you, you, you failed as a franchise to try and put that together. It's yeah. just mind-boggling to me. This is not Teddy Bridgewater. This is not Trevor Simeon. This is not Paxton Lynch. This isn't Brock Osweiler. This is Russell freaking Wilson. I'm just stonewalling you here. There's no way this out. There's no this way is out. Gonna... What is going on, everybody? You are back here on Jake's Takes. Of course, the podcast presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. As always, I am Jake Serrano, taking through some of my quick takes to start your weekend off. Happy Saturday, everyone. Happy to be back. Was a was a weird couple of weeks. Um, had a had a planned show show planned. Jeez, see, you can see how long I've been away. Uh, show planned a couple of weeks back. Couldn't get the scheduling down, so that ultimately messed up my, what I wanted to do. And then last week, um, I kind of got fumbled up with a bunch of things and couldn't get the episode I wanted out. This is the episode I actually wanted to get out. So I we're actually doing two episodes this week. So the next one that should be released right after this one is the one with Jared Danko, and we're gonna have some fun on that one. Talk about some Madden ratings, uh, alternate helmet ratings, and um, rankings, I should say. And uh, me and him are going to build our own own team. So if you want to, and we might actually play them out and play each other. So uh, if you want to have a little fun, a little relaxing, something to listen to, have a little laugh, definitely check that one out. But today, this is all me, baby. This is all me. Um, you know, I haven't done one of these in a while, uh, but this is Jake's take. So I figured got to do a show by myself and do my own takes every once in a while and then you know have some of the other guys listen to it and let them get fired up a little bit because there is going to be some controversial calls on this show and it is what it is but um but i but i think ultimately in the end um my my this will come through to be be a real good show today honestly um but you know it's about 100 degrees here in new jersey you got a recording date of thursday so i guess it's like august 4th and um Yes, pretty hot outside. Just, you know, quick synopsis of the week. One guy I work at, I work at a campground, and when one guy, which is like my summer job, and one guy came up to me and he said, you know, Jake, I came up here to beat the heat. He's from down south. And I go, to, I said to him, you know, you picked the wrong spot because you're not beating the heat up here. I guess living by the water is a little cooler, but it's still pretty hot up here, uh, here in New Jersey. So, um, but without further ado, let's get this rocking and rolling because... I got some I got some good topics we got to talk about today. All NFL today, probably all NFL tomorrow with Jared. Um, I don't know what I'm saying tomorrow because this is going to come after this one. So next episode, all with Jared, all NFL. Let's get right to it. We got a lot to talk about. We're talking top five best NFL offseason, top five worst NFL offseason. I figured now that it is August, preseason is rocking and rolling just about underway the hall of fame game will have already been played by the time this comes out um you know we got to talk about who had some of the worst off seasons and who had some of the best and there's 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 i had a big i was thinking about this for a while a few hours and usually i just don't sit there and do that but a lot of things today i took a lot of concentration on took a lot of hours of thinking and uh really tried to mix this up so i'm really hoping this comes out well and if there's going to be debate on it i'm excited to hear it uh but there's this definitely took me a while. We got power rankings as well the next couple of weeks. The next four weeks before the NFL season starts, I am doing power rankings of all 32 NFL teams. I have the AFC and the NFC all done. We are going to release those today. 
And we are going to start with the first eight teams off my 32 list. And we're going to start from 32 all the way up, eight up. And um, then we also have today fantasy tips, tricks, and advice, whatever I can figure out. Because it is fantasy football season. I have been rocking and rolling, getting my leagues in. A couple of them. Hopefully, we get one started for Tunnel Vision Sports. Send out the email. We got to get some of our guys rocking and rolling on that as well. But we got a couple things to talk about today, and I'm excited to do it. So here we go. So as I mentioned before, we are talking about the best and the worst NFL off seasons this off season. <laughs> uh, top five best. NFL offseasons, I'm going to start with number five, should be, should be actually, should be obvious is what the word I'm looking for, and not biased at all. I told you this, you know, I said it took me a while, I was thinking about it, who should I put in this list, and, it, and you know, who should I make number five, four, three, two, one, who's going to go in, who's out, and it took me quite a little bit, but I got at number five, I have the New York Jets at five, and I believe they did the best job this offseason to secure weapons around Zach Wilson. They had a great draft. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, uh, Jermaine Johnson. A lot of these guys, they are going to contribute to the offense as well as the defense and really make the team better. They're going in their second year with Robert Sala. Joe Douglas is back. And I really think the New York Jets are primed not to have you know, an amazing season, but I think this is finally going to be a step up from the last couple of years, and I really am hoping so because the last couple of seasons they've only won, you know, three or less games, two or less games, and this has to be the jump for them. Or as I said in one of my previous episodes, Joe Douglas and some of these other guys could be on the line this year if this does not pan out. So we know, I mean, this offseason was awesome. So they were able to get Lincoln Tomlinson, the guard from for the San Francisco 49ers, which was great because he's going to help secure up the line. Uh, Makai Becton's going to be able to come back. They drafted Jeremy Rucker, the tight end, out of Ohio State. C.G. Uzama comes over from the Bengals. Tyler Conklin. I mean, we've talked about a lot of these guys before on previous episodes, but they are number five. And just for the main fact that they were able to bolster the roster in so many different ways. You know, they are a very young team, and they're going into their second system. Second year of a system, but I really think number five suits them well because just after free agency alone, I thought it was great for them. Then they went into free agency and added even more pieces that I thought, you know, they really, really couldn't do, but they did it anyway. They were able to get Wilson and they were able to get Gardner and then come back and get Johnson and Brees Hall and, and Rucker and all these guys. I think the Jets are primed for a solid season this year, even if it does not mean the playoffs. I don't think it will be anyway. I do see them winning at least six or seven games, something higher than that. Uh, I think that's their range. Anything less than that is a disappointment on the season. But as of right now, everything on paper, who they signed, DJ Reed, the cornerback coming over from Seattle, Lamarcus Joyner's coming back, but Jordan Whitehead from Tampa to safety. I mean, you just brought over a Quan Alexander from New Orleans, the linebacker. So there is a lot of pieces here for the New York Jets that I think will really help them this season and really get them over the hump. Um, but at number five, they just for off-season purposes, I'm starting to think power rankings, but just for off-season purposes, I really thought they did a great job. Uh, but I won't go any further than that because I don't want to bore everybody else with my New York Jets talk. 
At number four, this again, this is top five best NFL offseason. So number four, I have the only NFC team on this list is the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, I said Philadelphia Eagles, the tri-state area partner over here. So we got two local teams on the list. At number four, why did I put the Eagles? You got to think about Jalen Hurts and how they're going to build around him this season. Okay, so you got to stick with them. You made it to the playoffs last year. Nobody thought that would happen. And now you are back in the fold. This is Jay- Basically, this is Jalen Hurts, I guess I would say, make a break season, even though last season kind of seemed like that was it. I think they're going to roll with Jalen Hurts, uh, and they definitely built around him. They definitely have security in next year's draft in case something does happen. But I think Jalen Hurts is probably the quarterback of the future. I mean, you got Dallas Goddard there at tight end. When Zach Ertz left, he picked up the pace. The offensive line is secured. They picked up Cam Jurgens, uh, is, who is basically the backup to Chase and Kelsey right now, the center. Uh, so they, they have that all planned out, too. Uh, you bring in A.J. Brown over from the Titans. That is also considered a transaction on draft day because you gave up one of your uh, first round draft picks you have not succeeded in the past except for maybe Devonte smith right now um drafting wide receivers so you bring in a premium guy someone who we know what we can get out of and i think aj brown can bring that to the table and um listen this is going to be a run first team aj brown coming from the titans can block which is a good thing and um i think it's really going to help out the offense and then you have someone like Devonte smith who kind of reminds me, like I've, as I've mentioned before, Deshaun Jackson and Michael Vick, Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith, I think it could just be that. Um, and then you look at the defense. I mean, they just picked up James Bradbury, who was released from the Giants. He's a, a, a premier corner in this league. They were able to get N'Kobe Dean. Uh, I believe it was in the third round, so i call that a steal. Um, and then they got Jordan Davis in the first round, which is going to help plug up that line already with Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, um, Derek Barnett and a lot of these other guys. That is a solid defense to me. And they are going to give the NFC East a run for their money this year. And I expect them to be right back in the fold, right back in the playoffs where they left off last year. At number three, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, the Chargers are at number three. They did a lot this offseason after what happened last year where they did not tie with the Let's just let's just face it. They didn't win against the Raiders and um, they were not able to make it to the playoffs. The Raiders did. And they are coming back this season with Brandon Staley, head coach, coming back in. Justin Herbert's back. They have Austin Eckler still. But who did they bring in this offseason? Isaiah Spiller in the backfield around in the late rounds of the draft. They got Zion Johnson, a guard in the first round, who's really going to help them out as well. Um, You know, we got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams coming back. But who did they add this offseason on the defense? Well, you tell me. They got J.C. Jackson out there. Uh, Khalil Mack. These are guys that are going to help secure this roster on the defensive end. Already going with Asante Samuel Jr. and pairing him up with Darwin James. And they added Sebastian Joseph Day, who's going to plug up that line. They had a lot of run problems last year. The first thing I can think of when I think of the Chargers defense last year was the Houston Texans game where they ran all over them. They got destroyed by the Texans. This is going to help them extremely. Their defense is 10 times better than it already was last year, and it's only on paper. So I got the Chargers at number three. I think this AFC West, every team in the AFC West, is a playoff team. Bar none, I think they all have a shot at making the playoffs, and I think potentially they all will make the playoffs. At number two, 
I have another AFC West team. The Denver Broncos. I struggled with this a little making this list, and I'll go over the teams I had in the fold. But for now, I got the Denver Broncos at two. Why? Not too many moves this offseason, but you did bring in Russell Wilson, and you traded for that quarterback. Um, you were able to finally secure something there. They brought in Josh Johnson to go behind him and play for the Jets last year. Played pretty well. Bringing back Melvin Gordon, which is also a transaction. Resign him, which is important because now you got Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. So that is a premier backfield. And remember what Russell Wilson did well in Seattle. He had a good defense and a really good run game. And who does he have at wide receiver? Granted, last year, I feel like it wasn't a perfect example. They did have Tim Patrick go down recently. But Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, who I think had an altercation, but I think he's going to come back. K.J. Hamler, a lot of these guys, I don't think what last year showed really was their true potential. And I think he's better off. Uh, with these guys than he was in the beginning of his career in Seattle. He's got a lot of better a lot of better wide weapons right now in Denver. So I think this is a, a premier roster, definitely another team that's going to make it to the playoffs. And Russell Wilson could do just that. And again, the defense, now they didn't add too many pieces on defense, but this is a this is a solid defense. I mean, Quan Williams comes over from San Francisco, the corner. Uh, you know, they got Ronald Darby and, you know, Justin Simmons is there, Kareem Jackson, Patrick Sertain. Oh, Randy Gregory coming over from the Cowboys after that funny little thing he mixed up. Said, I'm going to the Cowboys. Oh, no, I'm going to the, the Broncos. Another reason I think this team is going to be prime for playoffs. They have a solid defense. Russ Wilson is coming to a system that I think he could do well in. And again, Nathaniel Hackett, bringing in Nathaniel Hackett as a new head coach, a new regime, new quarterback. I think there's a good type of vibe there in Denver. And I think it's really going to roll up there in mile high. Now, the number one team I have for the best offseason was the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, they did a lot to secure this offensive line. You know, a lot of people didn't see the Bengals. Obviously, we talked about, everybody's talked about this a lot. They didn't see the Bengals as a Super Bowl team, yada, yada, yada. They are where they are now. Um, you know, post-Super Bowl, lost the Super Bowl, but they had a great season last year. One thing they were missing was offensive line. They brought in the center from New England, Ted Karras. Uh, Alex Kappa from Tampa Bay, the guard, Lyle Collins from the Cowboys. You secured that right side of the line. I think this offensive line is prime for the next couple of years now. You still have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. This is an offense to be reckoned with. Even though they lost C.J. Uzama, they brought in Hayden Hurst over from Atlanta, the tight end. Um, Joe Burrow still there as long as he stays healthy. Uh, we, we hope for that. And listen, Joe Mixon and Samaje Piron. Also, really good backs in the backfield. This offense is secured, and they had the best offense because they filled the biggest need they needed. They could have potentially won that Super Bowl. That play came down to Aaron Donald stocking, you know, Joe Burrow. Offensive line, huge, and they were able to get done. Another position they were able to get done was defensive back. We all know Eli Apple and the struggles they had last offseason, but they were able to – They resigned, actually, they resigned Eli, Eli Apple. They're bringing him back. Remember, they got Trey Hendrickson and they got Sam Hubbard back there. Already a good defense. But now you bring you bring back Jesse Bates. Um, you bring in Dax Hill from, in the draft. Mike Hilton's still there. So this is a team that was able to bolster two weaknesses. Okay, two weaknesses that they had last year and able to secure that. I expect them to be right back in the playoffs as long as they all stay healthy um, and potentially right back in the Super Bowl. This is a this is a team that could get hot. They got ice cold vibes, and uh, I can see them going all the way back. In the first round, they secured up 
their defensive back positions in the in, and in free agency. They secured up the offensive line. Everything they needed, they got done. And that's why they're number one. Um, but before we move on to the top five, or excuse me, the bottom five, so worst five NFL offseasons, I just want to mention briefly that I did consider the Detroit Lions for the uh, top five. The De- uh, No, I have Denver there. The Oak. Oh, my God, I almost said Oakland Raiders. Man, what's going on today? Not Oakland Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders, I consider them as well. The Chiefs, the Ravens, the Packers, and the Saints. I had all those teams considered. Um, Ultimately, I decided that Baltimore, I just figured they did not do enough to, again, secure the offense, a weaponry for Lamar. Um, And he does need to stay healthy healthy again. They are getting a lot of guys back healthy, which is great. Um, They did bring in Ty Lindenbaum and Kyle Hamilton over at safety, but... I think that they just didn't do enough to make the top five list, um, but that is why they're there. But they had a great draft as well, a great a great free agency, secured up a lot of positions of need, brought in Marcus Williams as well at safety, um, but I just didn't think they made the cut. The Chiefs, I had them on there as well. After losing Tyreek Hill, a lot of people thought, is it what's going to happen to the Chiefs? But they they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. They brought in uh, you know Marcus Vallis-Scandling. Um, they brought in a lot of guys, Sky Moore, and Trent McDuffie on the defense, another position they struggled with. They got rid of a lot of guys, swapped in guys. Carlos Dunlas comes in on a one-year deal for the Chiefs. This team, again, is going to compete for the AFC West. Uh, but I just they just didn't think they made the list. So, I, But they were mentioned in my mind. The Raiders, I had them there as well. Devontae Adams, when you grab a guy like that, bringing back Hunter Renfro. Uh, Darren Wall is going to come back there. Carr, who, who secured the money there. This is a team. Josh McDaniels is coming in, too. Um, they cleared the front office. A little bit of a reboot, but I think this team uh, definitely has consideration. The whole AFC West, are all like I said before, they're all going to be competing for the playoffs. And the Las Vegas Raiders were definitely on that list, uh, bringing in Chandler Jones as well. Um, this team right here, watch out for the Raiders. Even though I didn't put them on the list, there's something, something there. The Lions, like I mentioned before, they had a great offseason. I think Jamison Williams training it for him, even though he won't be there. Forget about it. Everybody's talking. Everyone's talking about this guy coming in to the draft. How he's, he could have been the best wide receiver if he wasn't injured. When he gets back on the field healthy, he's going to be the best wide receiver on the field for the Detroit Lions. And teams are going to be sorry they didn't take him. Um, and that's why I think the Lions. And they got Aiden Hutchinson as well in the draft. Fell right to him after the Jaguars took Trayvon Walker. So the Lions did a lot this offseason. Bringing in DJ Shark as well at wide receiver, a guy who, when healthy, um, the past couple seasons he hasn't been healthy, but when healthy, he had a 1,000-yard season. He can be a solid wide receiver as, as well. Josh Reynolds was there. Um, this Lions team, something to watch out for. And, again, another team I mentioned have him in there. But uh, Green Bay Packers and the Saints as well. Green Bay, I thought they could have been in the conversation. The defense looks great. It's weird because the defense is probably better than the offense, and I haven't seen that of the Packers in many, many years. Um, but even though the the wide receiver group for the Packers may feel uh, a little little downgraded, I still think they had a really good offseason securing that defense. They still were able to get Christian Watson. They brought in Sammy Watkins, and they you know resigned a couple of their guys, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. Uh, still got Robert, Robert Tunyon coming back, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. This team... Uh, and especially with their schedule and the conference and and everything they're going to have to deal with, I still think they'll make it back to the playoffs. And, again, I think the defense is going to carry the offense, but you still got Aaron Rodgers, two-time, recent two-time MVP, and 
The only thing I'm concerned about is wide receiver again, but we shall see what happens. But I also had them in my conversation. The last team, the Saints, they're bringing back Jameis Winston on a two-year deal. Uh, they moved, uh, you know, Taysom Hill, the tight end. And they are, you know, last year, I think that, I don't know, what they they weren't 4-0, but I can't remember the record. They were very good with, with Jameis Winston while he was healthy. Um, they beat have the history of beating Tampa Bay and Tom Brady as a recent. And this Saints team, even though I thought this was going to be a disaster offseason for them, they were able to bring in, you know, Trevor Penning for Gerard Armstead, Chris Olave, Mike, Mike Thomas is coming back, Michael Thomas is coming back. And um, this, this team I'm excited for, Jarvis Landry they're bringing in as well, uh, Tyron Matthew, Watch out for the Saints. Marcus May, they brought in as well. The Saints, I think, are going to give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a run for the money, and I don't think a lot of people realize it, um, but they didn't make the list. But I wanted to mention them as well. Um, but all those teams I just mentioned, they were just teams I was thinking of that could have made the list, just didn't fit in. But now let's get to a worst five teams, bottom five NFL offseasons. Here we go. Starting at number five, we got the Dallas Cowboys. Yep, I'm doing it right here on the show. Dallas, number five. Um, just a bland, bland offseason from them. You know, you lose, you didn't lose Amari Cooper, but you traded Amari Cooper. You still have Michael Gallup, but he's injured. He's going to be on the pub list. Um, and then you have CeeDee Lamb. You lose Blake Jarwin. You keep Dalton Schultz. I mean, it was just a, I guess, lackluster. There wasn't very exciting, anything really to truly be excited about for the Cowboys and during this offseason. Um, so that's why I put them at number five. They did bring in Tyler Smith on the offensive line, but they did lose a couple pieces like Connor Williams on the inside and Leo Collins, as I mentioned earlier. So the offensive line, again, gets weaker. Running back position stays the same, Zeke and Tony Pollard. Um, but just doesn't feel like there was enough. You know, they brought in Jalen Tolbert, a wide receiver in the draft. Again, just doesn't feel like there's enough there for the Cowboys, especially after how well they did last year. The defense was very good. Um, the defense I'm not worried about at all. They brought just recently brought in Anthony Barr at linebacker. Sam Williams comes in as well in the draft on the defensive end. So the defense is probably the 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 thing I'm not not really worried about, honestly. Um, you know, we saw way the way Michael Parsons played last year. They did lose Randy Gregory, so we'll see how that affects them. Um, but they're bringing back Demarcus Lawrence. But how is the offense going to perform? That will be the question. And uh, I just feel like. It just wasn't enough. You know, it was just, it was a very bland offseason. There wasn't much there. A lot of people might disagree, but I just feel like the Cowboys did not do enough. Um, really, it was really free agency that I really thought they didn't do enough. Um, they had an okay draft, but I just think, you know, they're bringing in Jake Ferguson at tight end. He's going to be behind Dalton Schultz. Um, I don't know. I just didn't think there was enough there. So I'm putting him at number five. At number four, this may be a little surprising or not. Not sure how. People will take this, but I got the New England Patriots at number four. And why I have them there is because you look at what they did last offseason, not comparing it to this offseason, but look at last offseason and you look at this one and they, you know, obviously they're not equals. They're, they, the last offseason and this offseason are not equal to each other at all. But they did bring in Devontae Parker over wide receiver from the Miami Dolphins, but I mean, let's just get one thing straight. You know, Devontae Parker hasn't been the healthiest guy the past couple of years, but when he has been, he's played, you know, he's playing, you know, he's performed. And, you know, Nelson Aguilar and, you know, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, these are not number one guys. Again, we were looking for a number one wide receiver, for your quarterback, Mac Jones. You do not have it. 
So that is where I, you know, I almost struggle with uh, with this offseason. I can't even say that about the Packers because they did bring in Christian Watson. You were able to get away Nikhil Harry somehow, and I praise Bill Belichick for trading, finding a trade partner for that. I think he went to the Bears. Um, you were able to bring in Cole Strange on the offensive line, but you know you traded away Shaq Mason, uh, Hunter Henry, and uh, John Smith are still there. Mac Jones at quarterback. Uh, again, not enough done. I feel to help Mac Jones in his second year um, because they do need to make that push. I mean, we saw what happened against the Bills in the wild card round. They need a little extra, and they didn't get the extra this offseason. Um, and I'm curious to see how teams will figure them out. Again, two tight end system. The wide receivers aren't the best, uh, but you have Damian Harris in the backfield as well. James White's still there. We'll we, we'll see. I just don't I just don't think there's enough offensive firepower. I think they'll be a good team, but I don't think they'll be a great one. At number three, we have, why am I looking over here? We got the Jacksonville Jaguars at number three. I have on my paper, not my computer. Uh, Jacksonville at number three. Now you may be thinking, okay, you know, Jacksonville at number three, uh, but they did do a lot this offseason. I try to think quality over quantity. So they did sign a lot of guys this offseason, but, you know, Christian Kirk, to me, not a number one wide receiver. He could prove that this uh, this season. But as of right now, to me, he's not. They have Zay Jones, a wide receiver, Marvin, Marvin Jones Jr. These guys are not number ones. Agnew, uh, Chenault, Treadwell. There's not a number one there. Again, second-year quarterback with Trevor Lawrence, the same as Mac Jones. Not enough on the offense to make me say, you know, you got it. But, Tra- you know, Travis Etienne is coming back. The offensive line, they brought in Brandon Sheriff, which I thought was great because they were able to, you know, bolster the offensive line a little more. But not much done. I mean, you got Trayvon Walker in the draft and Devin Lloyd in the draft. Two picks that a lot of people thought were reaches. And there was a lot of controversy over both of those picks, honestly. Um, but we'll see how they pan out. But I, I didn't think their draft was too bad. I thought the free agency wasn't great. And um, that's why I have them at number three. But they did have, you know, Doug Peterson's going to come in. They did have a front office change. So I'll give him that. Doug Peterson, I think he's really going to help out uh, Trevor Lawrence. And again, they brought in Evan Ingram at tight end. A lot of Giants fans would would you know be appalled at that. I think. Um, I think as a Giants fan, you you know what you're getting at Evan Ingram. So I really just don't think there's enough on offense for Trevor Lawrence. That's really my biggest concern. At number two, I have the Seattle Seahawks, which might not make any sense when I do the power rankings. Um, which is kind of a preview for right now. But this offseason, even they, so they lost Russell Wilson. This is really my big concern. So they don't have a quarterback. They got Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Anything could happen. But as of right now, they don't have, that's my, that's really where this, this number two comes in, is they don't have a quarterback. And I think a lot of people can agree, unless something is shown. You know, they brought in, but they brought in Shelby Harris, Al Woods, um, you know, Boy Mayf and, and, uh from Minnesota in the draft, Kobe Bryant at corner. From Cincinnati, uh, Kenneth Walker, the third from Michigan State, amazing running back. They, you know, Charles Cross as well as left tackle. A lot of these guys, these are going to be premier players for this team and years to come. And uh, I thought they had a really good draft. The free agency wasn't as as amazing, uh, but what are you going to do? But I think the draft, I think the draft, the draft they had really supports their offseason. But I think quarterback really brings them down a lot because you know that's the mainstay of your team. Chris Carson retires at running back. This is why I have really quarterback is why I have them at number two right now. And they could easily get Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever they want in the next couple of weeks. So this could 
This could change for Seattle, but as of right now, I have them at number two. And if they were to get Jimmy G, let's say they did, I don't, I don't even think I would put them at two. I really think quarterback is the only thing holding them back right now. At number one, may or may not be obvious, but I have Chicago. And if you are a Chicago Bears fan, might as well just stop listening to the episode because I have a preview for you. I got Chicago in the 30s, and there's only three spots there, so you can only imagine where they are. Uh, in my power rankings, Chicago, number one. Why? Why Chicago at number one? Let me explain. Again, a second-year quarterback. So three of these teams on this list are second-year quarterbacks, uh, for, from actually from the team. So Jacksonville, Patriots, and Chicago. Uh, this time, it's Justin Fields. And the Bears, even though they're bringing in Matt Eberflus and they, you know, let me pull up my notes, actually, so I make sure I can pronounce his name right at GM. Oh, wrong GM. Actually, it's Ryan Poles. I was thinking of somebody else. Ryan Poles at GM, Matt Eberflus uh, at head coach. I was thinking of a different GM. Has a different name. Uh, but they just didn't They just didn't do enough. Again, another team that I didn't think did enough. They brought in quantity over quality. Um, not to say any of these guys are terrible, but... You know, Byron Pringle, again, not a number one. Nikhil Harry, not a number one. Um, St. Brown, not a number one. Darnell Mooney, not a number one. I, again, I'm not trying to disrespect any of these guys, but I don't think the stats, you know, the stats don't lie, and I don't think any of these guys are number one receivers right now. They could prove it this offseason, but I don't think they are. Um, the offensive line is okay. It doesn't bother me as much. But Justin Fields, I mean, what do you have to work with? I mean, David Montgomery has been injured in the past, Okay, and at wide receiver, you have Cole Komet. That's great. Um, you do have Darnell Mooney, who I'm not fully against. I think Darnell Mooney is actually a really good receiver, but he's not your number one. Um, but there's not much really to work with on offense. So that's where my biggest tag comes from. I think the defense is really going to hold up this team, bringing you know Kyle Gordon on defense at the corner position in the draft. Uh, you got Robert Quinn there. Um, you lost Khalil Mack. So again, there are some issues on this team. And I don't think they did the best job at really securing their 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 time for Justin Fields. I mean, there was Davis Mills is better off than Justin Fields. I mean, that's just plain and simple. A lot of these second year quarterbacks, actually, all the second year quarterbacks are better off than Justin Fields. Justin Fields may show us something that, you know, without weapons, he can do it all. But as of right now, he's he's the worst off. Davis Mills is even better off. Um than Justin Fields. It's just it's just plain and simple. It's obvious. It's right out there. Um, but I did want to mention teams I had in the worst five category, teams I also thought about. I had the Giants. And it's not really a Giants' fault either. And I'm not disrespecting any Giants fans, but the Giants didn't have a lot, of, a lot to work with. But I did want to mention them. You know, Even though they didn't have a lot to work with, they brought in Tyra Taylor. It's going to be Daniel Jones' evaluation year. Um, Brian Dable comes over. Joe Sheen at GM. The Giants are working towards something nice but they didn't you know they had a financial situation to deal with not much for the giants really um but i didn't want to put them in because they there really wasn't much for them to do so i decided not to put them in i actually had the san francisco 49ers which won't make any sense at all once i do the rankings but um the 49ers i just felt like had a bland again another bland offseason um they did resign finally finally brought in brought back debo samuel so that secured um, sounds like Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback. Don't know what's going to happen to Jimmy G. He seems like they want to trade him, but uh, they just haven't gotten to it yet. Um, but I think this San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers team 
with Jimmy G last year, a playoff team, um, can be a playoff team again. It's just really all going to lean on the shoulders of Trey Lance and how he will perform. Another team I had on here, two more teams, actually. So I put Seattle in there, uh, Washington and Cleveland. So Washington I had in there because Carson Wentz comes over. You gave up a couple picks for him. Could potentially be a second-round pick. They gave up thirds. Could be a second-round pick if he plays enough snaps, I think the deal is. And uh, I don't know. We saw what Carson Wentz has been the last couple of years, and I'm not truly excited for it. But, they, you know, they brought in Jaheen Dotson, um, Brian Robinson Jr., who Darius Geis should have been a couple years ago, just didn't pan out. Um, Brian Robinson coming over from Alabama with the running back is going to be really good for this team. Again, the defense is really good. You know, this team is not far off from their top 10 defense as of a couple of years ago. The offense is really something we need to see. Curtis Samuel from the Panthers was was hurt all last year, who came over last offseason to, um, to Washington. And... You know, when he's healthy, Jaheen Dotson, you know, Scary Terry, we'll see how this team comes together. But as of right now, I just I don't see much. And again, that's why I had them mentioned. Um, but Cleveland, Cleveland, I had them mentioned as well. I didn't want to put them in the list. Um, I had a hard time figuring this one out. But, you know, if Deshaun Watson is really out for as long as I as I think he will, if he's out for more than a year, if he's out for six games, um, you know, then it might be a different story. But if he's out you know, the year, 12 games, longer than that, which it seems like it's heading towards. I, I really think that really messes up their offseason. Jacoby Brissett, not the same caliber of player as Deshaun Watson, um, and that really just really messes up the whole offseason for him. I think, you know, with Deshaun Watson, you're a way better team, obviously. Without him, you're not. Um, and I just really think that's it's Deshaun Watson playoffs. Without him, no. So, um, and, you know, they 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 did almost make – they did have a chance to make it to the playoffs last year, even with bad Baker Mayfield play. Maybe they'll do that with Jacoby Brissett. I just don't see it happening. So I had them circling in my mind. They didn't make the list, but they uh, they they were circled in my head uh, on the list. Now let's move on to our next topic. Here we go. So we got fantasy football. It is fantasy football time. Preseason is rolling around. I just wanted to do a small segment for it because um, we do, you know, it's rolling right around the corner. I got a couple of leagues coming out. I joined one. I'm making one for Tunnel Vision. I have my own. Uh, I think I, I think I did one more. I think I did a draft the other day. I did a couple mocks uh, just for fun. It was like late at night, and I just ran. Yeah, that that sounds pretty sad. I <laughs> I did one the other day. I I made a, I joined a random league, drafted there, just see how it would go. Um, and it made me think, you know, what are some tips, tricks, advice I've learned over the past? I've, I've played fantasy football for a, quite a bit now. Maybe for, it's probably been now 10 years. Um, what have I learned, you know, the past 10 years playing? Maybe you're someone new that wants to try and figure it out. This is the segment for you right here. Um, definitely want to try and draft running backs first. I feel like that's always the goal now because even though running backs aren't valued in real NFL time um, like they used to be, they are in fantasy football. There's only so few running backs that produce there and often, and you want to try and get the top guy. seems like Jonathan Taylor is going to be the top guy to come off the board this year. Um, but injury is always important. You know, I had last year a couple guys, they drafted uh, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was out half the season, and that, that was pretty much half their team. He was scoring 40 points, and that was it. Um, so draft running backs early and often, but be weary of who you're drafting. Do your research, obviously, and who you want. Um, but draft you want to draft running backs early. Uh, you definitely want to wait on the quarterbacks. Depending on how big you're, you definitely want to look into your league rules first. 
how many teams are going to be in it, whether it's PPR or not, or it's some type of other league. You want to look into that first. So I'm doing a league that's with 14 people, 14 teams. Um, when I say wait on quarterbacks, there may not be a wait on quarterbacks in this 14-team league um, because there's only so many teams. There's 32 teams, and you know there's, there's only so many great quarterbacks. A lot of quarterbacks will produce 20 points a game or more on average, um, and you can pick up a lot of guys on waivers every week. But So you just kind of try and figure it out. If you're doing a 10-man league, wait on the quarterback. Everyone's usually going to wait on the quarterback. A lot of the guys are going to go first are running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. The skills guys are always going to go first. They're going to fill the flex positions. They're going to fill the wide receivers. They're going to fill the running backs. They're always going first. There's always one guy who drafts a quarterback early, like I did last year by accident, but whatever. Uh, but there's always someone that does it. Don't don't fall into that pit hole. You can draft a ton of quarterbacks. Derek Carr was a good quarterback all the way up until last season. So, you know, he was scoring 20 points, you know, per game. So there are a lot of quarterbacks out there. Nothing to really be worried about. Like I said, take a look at all your your league rules, your teams, how many teams, PPR, whatever, what's the scoring scoring rules going to be. Look at all that because that's going to help your draft strategy out. Um, definitely want to keep an eye, like I said, to keep an eye on the skills position players. Waivers. Waivers are extremely important. That's what I, something I've learned in the past couple of years um, in fantasy football. I've, I've probably changed my roster. It's probably... 10 years, I've probably made like over 100 changes every year. So I probably hit a, like at least 1,000 changes or maybe a little less than that. I've changed a lot of guys in and out of the roster. Your your draft day roster is not your final. It never is your final roster. I remember two years ago, I drafted a bunch of guys and said, ooh, after week one, I went, this isn't going to be good. Michael, this is actually the year Michael Thomas played week one. And I traded away Michael Thomas for like five or six other guys. And then I ended up getting DeAndre Hopkins and my team made it all the way to sec- second place. Um so again, your trades could have to happen during draft day, before it, or right after. So it's never your final roster. Don't forget that. Don't feel like you're stuck with your team because then you got waiver wire to, to watch out for every week, which is important, and um, and trades as well. So make sure you know you're communicating with your league and you can do trades. Um, one thing I do actually do every week, um, which may sound crazy or not, but I I do actually go online every week. There's a uh, NFL.com comes up with a column every week. It's um, I think it's start sit or stardom or sit I think it's called every Wednesday they come out with it during the um, fantasy football season. And it kind of helps me just get in a sense of the guys that aren't on my team, for instance, or someone who I'm not thinking of. And I need to do more and more research on, uh, I think last year or a couple years ago, it was two years ago, cream hunt and James Robinson. That's who they were. Uh, were popping off the first couple of weeks. I saw them on the waivers, and I said, man, these guys are scoring a lot of points. Kareem Hunt's back. Who's this guy, James Robinson, rookie for at the time for the Jaguars? I saw them on you know a couple of columns, and I you know I picked them right up, and they helped bring my team all the way up to second place again. Um, but that, that was helpful. So always do your research each week. You're not stuck with your roster. Um, interchange, guys. Watch out before the game as well. If you have someone that's questionable, could be out. Your, your lineup could lock. You don't want that to happen. Um, all things you got to try and consider. And one thing I, I really, really try and harp on is drafting, starting your draft after preseason. Now, if you know you're going to do a fantasy football draft, you could start preparing now, the week before, two weeks before. I like just casually preparing throughout the month. You know, like one week I'll do a draft. You know, two weeks later I'll do one more. And then the week before I'll, you know, add a couple guys in my queue, queue it up, look what I got. And then on draft day I'll just go about it because you never know how it's going to go, what pick you're going to get. You never know. Um, so I just go back casually. I don't go insane about it, but you definitely want to draft after preseason. I've done a couple of drafts where 
They were before preseason, way before preseason. I did one, um, not me, but a different league, and that was awful. A lot of guys just drafted guys. They got hurt. It was just, it was terrible. Um, last year, I did a draft. I guess I did it before the last game of, of preseason or last week, like right in the middle of that. And um, actually, coming on tomorrow, Jared Denko, his guy, J.K. Dommins, went down for the year. And we know what happened to the Ravens last year. So, you know, don't make the mistake of drafting. Draft like the last week of preseason or like the just the week, the couple days after the last game. You definitely want to try and do that um, just so guys avoid injury and stuff like that. Try and, want to, try and want to draft the closest possible to week one. That way, every, you know, that's why it's fair to every other team. You know, let's say I draft, you know, Tom Brady, DeAndre Hopkins, and Derrick Henry, and they all get hurt. Let's just say, you know, hope that doesn't happen. Let's just say I do. I am pretty much screwed for the whole season. So you definitely want to try and play it fair for all teams um, and try and draft after the preseason. Those are those are some of the tips I came up with for now. Uh, I'll definitely try and reach in my head a little more and figure out some more tips uh, and advice for fantasy football season. Um, but just a, a little little short background on my fantasy football season. Last year, I came in second again. The year before, I came in second. The year before, that, I came in second. I have a horrible history of coming in second place. I'm really hoping that doesn't happen this year. Uh, I really hope I can win but we shall see. Um, but when I first started playing fantasy football, I played on NFL.com. I played on Yahoo, playing on Sleeper this year. I'm also playing on ESPN. Um, I was first place for a while on NFL.com leagues. Uh, then I fell off for a while when I joined my Yahoo leagues with my friends. Uh, I did actually make a trade for Derrick Henry during the season before he got good. I said, man, this guy's rolling. And then he became the king we know. True story. And... Um, then I struggled for a while, made, finally made the playoffs, and then I've been second in a couple of leagues for the past, like, three or four years. I just haven't been able to get out of that and get first place. But uh, you're definitely going to try and try and make trades, communicate with the league, figure out a strategy for your team. And uh, listen, I mean, I've made, last year, I think I made, like, 80 to 90 moves on the waiver wire. So definitely scour, just scour that thing every week. There's a player out there. Somebody always pops off every season that you didn't think would. Um and somebody always on your roster always falls flat on their feet that you didn't think would either. So definitely watch out for that. Um, but those are the tips and tricks I got for fantasy season. If I come up with more, I will share. Let's get on to our next and final topic. Here we go. So power rankings. Okay, so this is what I wanted to get to. This is really what the episode was all about. Power rankings before week one. So this is a preseason power ranking. So they could change. I may modify them as preseason goes on if someone gets hurt. Um, if there's some kind of disaster with the team, I will I will try and modify these the best I can. Um, but this week I will release the first eight teams off the list. Next week I'll do the same. The week after that, all the way up till the first game of the NFL season. Um, but I'm going to release my AFC and NFC brackets first, and then I'm going to release my eight teams. I'm not going to go over my AFC and NFC teams. I'm just going to say who they are. Um, but when I do the eight release teams, I will say the team. Explain why I put them there, um, and then I'll go about that, which threw up the eight, and then I'll do that the next week after as well. But AFC and NFC, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna break that down. I'm just gonna tell you where I put them, and then I'll break it down for the full 30, 32 teams. So here is my AFC. Wrote it on my handy dandy paper. My AFC power rankings at number one. I'll start at sixteen. At number 16, I got the Houston Texans. At number 15, Jacksonville. 14, the New York Jets. 13, Pittsburgh Steelers. The 12th spot is Miami. 11, Cleveland. 
10, New England, 9, Indianapolis, 8, Titans, 7, Raiders, 6, Ravens, 5, Denver, 4, Chargers, 3, Chiefs, 2, Cincinnati, and 1, the Bills. On the NFC, NFC side, I have Chicago at 16, the Giants at 15, Seattle at 14, Washington at 13, 12, I have Atlanta, 11, Carolina, 10, Detroit, 9, the Vikings, 8, Dallas, 7, Arizona, 6, the 49ers, 5, New Orleans, 4, Philadelphia, 3, Tampa Bay, 2, Green Bay, and number 1, the Super Bowl champions, Los Angeles Rams. Now, the eight teams I want to go over for today will be 32 to 25. So those are the eight spots I'll be going over today. Um, and then I will do the next eight spots next week. And then I'll do eight more and then eight more after that. And that should get us all the way up to number one before the NFL offseason. So that should work out well. Um, so I will start at 32. And I will explain why, and then I'll go after that um, after. So at number 32, I have the Chicago Bears. We talked about them before. Um, I really don't think this is going to be a very good season for them. Again, what they did with Justin Fields, they did bring a new regime in the offensive uh, front office. I just don't think there was enough done. I really don't see enough talent on this roster, and I don't think the defense is going to be able to carry the offense unless Justin Fields does something amazing. That's why I have them at number 32. A lot of people have Seattle and a lot of other teams at 32. You'll be interested to hear what I have to say about Seattle, but I have Chicago at 32. 31, I have the Giants, and nothing against the Giants. I just don't think Daniel Jones can perform. It's just, you know, the Giants weren't able to do enough. It's not their fault. Um, it's nobody's fault. Brian Dable and Joe Sheen, they went into what they had to, had, had to do. They didn't have a financial situation. I think it's just a rebuilding year for the Giants. I don't see much unless something sparks, so I have them at 31. 30, I have the Houston Texans, Davis Mills and, the, and Brandon Cooks on that offense, Lovey Smith over there, head coach. I think the Houston Texans will actually surprise some people this off, uh, this year. Um, I think they'll play well. They did add a lot of pieces in free agency, uh, but they're not one of the best teams. It just depends on how Davis Mills will play. But all in all, the Houston Texans are not going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. Um, they do have pieces all around. Maybe not the best pieces, but they have pieces, and I think Davis Mills will actually do perform well in the offense. At 29, they have Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. Again, another guy who I didn't think it was set up well, but Jacksonville, I feel like, did enough this offseason to be at 29. Sounds awful, but I think that's probably where they'll end up. Um, another season where another offseason of Jacksonville where they spend a lot of money for guys who I don't think will perform all that well. Um, so Jacksonville, again, I put them at 29 unless they surprise me. Um, 28, I actually have Seattle. And a lot of teams have them in bo at the bottom, but 28, I have them above Jacksonville, Houston, the Giants, and Chicago. So Geno Smith and Drew Locke are going to be a quarterback. But other than that, they have, you know, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, you know, a solid defense. They brought in a lot of rookies, uh, Walker, uh, Maeve, uh, Charles Cross on the offensive line. Oh, they were able to bring in Noah Fant in a trade as well. So I feel like they're going to surprise really. This is really a gut feeling. I really think they're going to surprise a lot of teams. And uh, they're not going to win a lot of games, maybe four or five games. It's going to be more than these other teams. But I, I have them at 28. I don't think they're going to be the worst team. You know, they have Pete Carroll at head coach. He's experienced. He's an experienced roster. Um, we'll see how the quarterbacks perform. I really don't think it's going to be the worst team, though. I just don't see that happening. I don't know why, uh, but 
it, it, I may have said it in the past, but I, I don't think I don't think they're going to be the worst team. There's something about them that they will win. They're just they're not going to be the worst team. They're not going to win 17 or 16. They're going to win a few games. They're going to surprise a couple teams, um, but they're not going to be the best team in the NFL, obviously. But they they could they could make a could make a little noise uh, down there in the uh, NFC West at fourth place, but better than some of the other teams. At 27, I actually have Washington. Um, Car- again, Carson Wentz. <sighs> Boy, I, it just speaks for themselves. I don't. I don't think Carson Wentz will perform all that well um, down in there in Washington. Tyler Haneke could potentially take over. It really all depends on how he will do. 27 seems like a really good spot for them. Um, again, the defense is really good. Didn't perform the way I thought would perform last year. But they brought in good pieces. They didn't have the worst offseason, but I definitely thought about it. Uh, but 27 is where I put Washington. Carson Wentz thing really throws me off. 26, I have the Atlanta Falcons. I don't think I talked about them at all today. Um, but I don't actually mind the Falcons, even though they did have that big Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan debacle, which sent Matt Ryan to the uh, Colts because they were searching around for Deshaun Watson. Probably better that it didn't get Deshaun Watson. Um they ended up getting Marcus Mariota over from the Raiders. Um, Calvin Ridley's out for the year, which hurts. So they brought in Drake London. They still have Kyle Pitts, um, bringing back Cordell Patterson, who played well at running back last year. Uh, Arthur Smith is coming back in the second-year system. So 26 just seems like a good spot for Atlanta. They're not going to be a great team. I don't think they'll be a good team. I think they'll be an okay team. Um, and I think they're in some kind of correction year, uh, especially what happened after Matt Ryan. They did clear a lot of cap, but um, – I just don't see Atlanta going very far this season. So 26 is where I have them at. My eighth spot and final spot for today to release is the New York Jets. 25. Uh, the Jets did a lot this offseason, as I mentioned earlier, to bolster this roster. They could surprise a lot of people this year. Maybe a potential playoff run could be sneaky. They could drive a lot of teams, for their, uh, make them run for their money. But the Jets I have right now at 25. I can see them being an all right team, six, seven wins this year, which would actually be a good thing. Um, but they brought in a lot of pieces, as I mentioned. You know, Zach Wilson's coming to his second year, but there is a lot of question marks. And how is Zach Wilson going to perform? Will Makai Becton come back healthy? Can he perform in his second year? Denzel Mims in the second rounder. Can he perform? Another rookie from a couple years ago. What's the question on him? Um, the defense, how will the defense perform? How will Salah be able to coach his team consistently? There was a lot of ups and downs last season. So 25, even though they had a great offseason, I think. Um, there's still a lot of question marks around the Jets, and I have them at 25. One team I did want to mention today, because I have mentioned them before, I want to mention the Cleveland Browns. I won't say where they are on this list, but they are coming up next week. So that's a, that's a preview for next week. But Cleveland, coming up next week's list means they're somewhere – in the 20s to uh, to later teens, so early 20s to later teens is where they'll they'll be. And um, a lot of people have them in their top 10. A lot of people have them top 15. I do not. It all depends on what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Uh, and we'll talk about that more next week. We might maybe I'll figure out something. Maybe it'll be adjusted next week depending on what the the rules and regulations are on him. But as of right now, I have Cleveland down again. If Cleveland does not have him, they are not having a good season this year. I will repeat that. I don't think Cleveland will have a good this good year this year without Deshaun Watson. And uh, even though it's a good roster, I just don't I don't see them going very far 
to Jacoby Brissett, and some people think they could make it to the playoffs, which they could. They could, you know, anything's possible, but I don't see it happening. And that's why I have Cleveland a little, a lot, a lot lower than people have expected. But um, it all depends on what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. And, and dropped a lot of spots from other people's lists. So that's where I have Cleveland. And I've seen a lot of lists as of lately. Um, actually, after I finished mine, I went to go look up another one, and I and I looked. Then I looked up a couple more, and I realized how high Cleveland was on a lot of lists. So we'll talk about Cleveland more next week. But those are my eight teams on my rankings. Again, Chicago at thirty-two, Giants at thirty-one. We got Houston at thirty, twenty-nine, Jacksonville, twenty-eight, Seattle could be surprising this year, uh, twenty-seven, Washington, twenty-six, Atlanta, and twenty-five, the New York Jets. So. That is going to do it for today's episode. But before I close it out, I'm just going to do a final thoughts for myself. So that's that took, that took a while. I didn't think actually this podcast would go that long. But um, good, good show for today. Uh, eight more teams will be released next week on my power rankings. Jake's takes power rankings. Um, but my final thought for today is Julio Jones signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Found that out last week. The That says to me... Chris Godwin will not be ready for the season, and I do not know how well Julio Jones will play, how healthy he'll be, can he stay healthy. A lot of people are like, you know, oh, they got Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Russell Gage. I really think it's, as of right now, it's Mike Evans and Russell Gage. They do not have Chris Godwin, and I don't know how well Julio Jones performed, but he didn't do well last season. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't have Gronk anymore. There's a lot of question marks going into Tampa Bay, especially on the defense. And people are not seeing that. Uh, but I think, you know, Tampa will be a good team. But there's still question marks to be had there. That is my final thought for today. So thank you for joining me today on another edition of Jake's Takes. Of course, I'll be back next Saturday providing more of my takes. We got to cover. A lot of stuff coming up. Um, NFL season's starting right up. So I'm going to keep on it every week. And uh, check out the next episode with Jerry Danko. We're talking Madden and Madden ratings, uh, alternate helmet rankings. And we're going to draft our own NFL teams. So check out that. And we might even play each other. So just, you know, check out that. And uh, that should be an exciting, fun episode if you want to check out that one as well. Remember to visit Tunnel Vision Sports at tvsportsmag.com. Follow our Instagram at tunnelvisionsports underscore and our Twitter account at underscore tvsports. Don't forget to follow Jake's Takes Instagram account, Jake's Takes TVS for everything you need podcast wise. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, follow button, leave a like, comment, rating on the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm Jake Serrano signing off. Thank you once again for listening. And remember to keep up with all your sports needs with Tunnel Vision Sports, a positive shift in sports media. We get it popping, homie, day and night. Day and night. Got the party jumping, about to break the 